Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Stampede Blue. What we talking about? Indianapolis, AFC South. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense. Coast centric, talk about it often. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Do it big, like lines for an offense. Coast centric, don't take offense. Back in the day, coach versus Dolphins. Nowadays, it's Jazz playing Mark. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast. We are here again, continuing our zip through the Colts positions of need looking at uh, the NFL draft with our guy Zach Hicks. Zach what's up my man? Hey man thanks again for having me on and excited to talk some receivers tonight. Absolutely this is uh, kind of one of those positions for the Colts where we uh, man yeah, I, I've had trouble with this one honestly I mean you, you know that the Colts I mean need you know a wide receiver but you know Andrew Luck Frank Reich this offense uh, I mean they just really made you know, made do with what they had this past season. I mean, just a lot of guys that just kind of ho-hum, you know, position players, Pascal, I mean, just uh, just the whole group. I mean, it was just a very hodgepodgey kind of group after, uh, after T.Y. for the most part, you know. And I, I, I just kind of – I look at this and think, you know, the, the Colts could definitely use a young guy, which I think they'll go on. We know that they've got Deion Kane coming up next year. So it's kind of like, do they need one? Is it is it this? Is it free agency? How do they acquire one? But this is a fun group, though, to look at. I mean, I th- I don't think that this group is. I don't think there's that you know that uh, rookie all pro type receiver out of this group necessarily. Maybe I'm wrong with that. But uh, there's a lot of a lot of fun guys in this group. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, you know, it's it hasn't been like. Uh... It's not as deep, or well, I won't say as deep. It's not as uh, star heavy mm-hmm. as the 2020 class that we're going to get next year, which has a ton of big names and a ton of really good prospects, which I'm excited to go into next year. Uh, but this class is really deep. I mean, there's I was uh, writing down names just to kind of have as my little notebook uh, next to me here, just so I can look off names and and you know I wrote down 20 something names, and there were still guys I left off that like I was like, ah, this guy intrigues me, and I want to talk about like mm-hmm. you know, there's 20 to 30 receivers in this class who are like. I'm not saying they're going to have great NFL careers, but like making a roster, you know, I could, I could see like 30, 35 guys even making a roster uh, that are receivers in this class. It's a, it's a really deep class. There's a lot of uh, different guys that do a lot of different things, but uh, overall this receiver class, it, it's really deep. It has a lot of uh, intriguing talents for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I kind of liked, you know, the way that the Colts kind of threw their thing together. You know, obviously I was never a big fan of Ryan Grant. I made that, <laughs> made that pretty well known from the beginning. Uh, although he did he did okay early in the season, he kind of just kind of disappeared. But I was just really impressed with Dontrell Inman 
Uh, I honestly, I, even though he's, you know, that hitting that 30 threshold, I hope they bring him back just kind of as that guy. I wouldn't even, you know, and, and I, and I, I don't say this in, in, in a way to kind of downplay Chester Rogers, but I, I guess I would rather see them bring another young guy in and keep a guy like Inman who seemed to have a specific role within the team, a, a heavy targeted guy on third downs, kind of that, that makeshift, uh, no, no speed, not, not real much after the, the catch, but a guy who could definitely act as a possession guy and then bring it, you know, and maybe see what Deion Kane does next year. Maybe let Pascal grow a little bit and then bring in another, you know, a, a rookie here out of this group, because it, like you said, this seems like a fun group. This seems like a group that may not be star heavy, but any of these guys could, could make a roster and really play. So uh, let's let's talk about these guys. Let's talk about them kind of from both of their positions. We're going to look uh, for their the the outside, you know, primarily the the outside receivers, and then we'll look at some of the slot guys as well. Obviously, DK Metcalf, a guy who's making some noise, you know, down at the combine with his size and his weight. I saw one point nine percent body fat today. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I saw the Rappaport tweet. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I, I know. Well, so I, I think he got some wrong information there. Uh, oh, is that right? Yeah, that's um, physically impossible. <laughs> is it okay? Yeah, like like um, from from my knowledge, like bodybuilders, right? When they get ready for competition, mm-hmm. they dehydrate themselves and they get their body, uh, you know, their body fat down to about three or four percent, and that's completely unhealthy. Like if you do that for multiple days, you're gonna die. And that's like three or four percent body fat. So Metcalf being at one point six or one point nine is, uh, if he did somehow get that, that's he's gonna die within a couple of days. So hopefully, so he's no longer, he wasn't, he's no longer draft eligible. So let's move on to the next. Yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I think it was probably around like ten percent, which you know that that's insane. Still, you know, ten percent is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, the one point six or one point nine is a little bit low uh, than, than what he should be at. But you know. If someone told me that right up without me even thinking about it, I wouldn't be shocked because that dude is is ripped. Like you saw, everyone saw the picture on on Twitter of just how shredded he is, and he looks like a a truck playing receiver. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I guess at its face value, I mean, I, I wouldn't even <laughs> I don't blame Rapport for tweeting that out. I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I don't know. I didn't know that about body fat. So, I mean, I think everybody will thank you for the health lesson there because I didn't know that. (laughs) I didn't know that you would physically die if you were under a... Yeah, it's like body fats are are natural. Like you you need to have some body fat to survive. (laughs) You know, it's it's the natural part of being a person. So, uh, yeah, if you're at like 1.6 or even 3 or 4%, which is what bodybuilders get down to, uh, it's it's not very healthy at all. That's insane. So tell us about him. What's he got? uh he's he's a pretty high i mean he's not just high ranked among receivers he's kind of high ranked in this class as well so what does he bring to the field yeah so he's he's got all the upside in the world i mean from an athletic standpoint uh from tracking the ball standpoint from catching it in traffic like he, he can do pretty much everything it is it's just he's he's a bit of a project because Ole Miss's offense was atrocious which we can all kind of attest to because if you watch any bit of that film you can say how is this team not winning more games when they have you know, four draftable talents at, at, uh, you know, pass catching positions, the three receivers and the tight end Dawson Knox. And then they even have a potentially draftable quarterback. So how were they not winning games? You know, that offense was not equipped to really win games. It was a really bad offense. I even read somewhere that 
uh, they were told some routes just to get open. Like that was that was the route for the play was just get open. Literally just drawing it in the sand. Yeah, just terrible. Like they literally like I think it was AJ Brown interview I read. It was like he had some routes where it was just get open. So I mean it 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 was a bad offense. So you got to have you have to um, you know you have to coach him out of that. You coach him into like a real NFL scheme, a real route tree. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, uh, he just didn't play that much. I mean he missed a lot of this year with a neck injury. He was a redshirt sophomore, I believe, this past year when he declared. So, you know, he hasn't really had that much playing time, not that much production. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you watch this guy play, he could be – I think he measured in today at uh, 6'3", or 6'4", uh, like 220 pounds, and he might run the 4'3s, 4'4s. I mean, that's that's going to be just flat-out insane mm-hmm. if he hits those numbers. Uh, so he's a bit of a project, but, you know, he has all the tools. I mean, I don't want to say like Calvin Johnson, but he has like the tools of a guy like that. It's just he's he's definitely uh, a little bit raw. He's going to take some coaching, but man, it, he, he might go top ten if he runs the the four threes or four fours like some guys are projecting. Yeah, I mean teams are going to slobber all over that too. I yeah. mean it, it, they can say what they want about when it comes to uh, the combine, but just I mean, look, man, we all know what they do. They just all you get those googly eyes and they just can't help themselves. Um, is he? Or, or let's just move down the board. Who's somebody who's who's in this class who's a little more refined? There's a lot of underclassmen in this draft. We, I mean, that's been duly noted just about anywhere you you pay attention or anywhere you hear anything about the draft. I guess uh, who, who's a guy in this in this class um, among these wide receivers who's a little more polished uh, in terms of their route running ability? Uh, maybe the offense that they were in was a little more suitable towards the NFL game. Uh, so on and so forth, but but may not have the physical skills uh, that Metcalf might have. Yeah, so uh, if you know if you're going just from a from like he's not he's not the fastest guy in the whole world, but he does offer a lot of the same things that Metcalf has, and he's probably wide receiver too for a lot of people. Is Kelvin Harmon out of NC State? Uh, I know a lot of people are big fans of this guy. He's a big physical receiver, catches everything, body control is fantastic, and you know his route running's not poor at all. Like for a bigger guy, you'd expect his route running to you know, be a little bit below average because a lot of big receivers aren't the greatest route runners, but he is very uh, soft feet, like very uh, quick feet too. And he honestly looks like, just for the college game, I'm not making this a pro comparison or anything, he looks like a DeAndre Hopkins type guy just because, mm. you know, when you watch him in college, you you just draw comparisons. You know, I watched a lot of DeAndre Hopkins this year, especially because they played the Colts three times. Right. And when I watch, uh, you know, NC State film, I see like – the DeAndre Hopkins of college football. And he just makes all the plays. He catches everything. And I think if, uh, you know, a team looking for an ideal uh, X receiver, a guy who can be that possession type guy, a guy who can go over the top a little bit uh, and be a really reliable player. I mean, Kelvin Harmon's going to make a team very happy. Yeah. I mean, that would make the Colts happy. That's exactly yeah. what the Colts could really use, if anything else. Yeah. And he, he might be there in the first round. I, I'm not too sure because it, it all depends on his 40 time. If his 40 time is in say high four fives, low four sixes, which it could be. I, I don't think it will be. I think it'll be like the low four fives, high four fours. Um, it definitely, he definitely could fall to the late first round. But uh, as of right now, I think he's probably going to be the the second or third receiver off the board. He might go in the, the teens, maybe early twenties. And, and, and let's, when it comes to the, to the 40 yard, I mean, uh, the, look, yes, you want the guy to be fast. I mean, obviously, let's let's not you know we're we're not uh, breaking any news here. Everybody likes the guys that are fast, but when you when it comes to what the Colts need in this offense, I mean, I I just don't see the need for a guy to take the top off the defense. I see a guy to be able needs to be able to catch the, catch those intermediate to to short crossing patterns and to, then to be able to do something after the catch. 
Okay, yeah. so there's where your play, but your speed. But this is field speed we're talking about in game speed. We need that to be fast. We don't need their forty time to be lightning, in my opinion. So I mean, maybe the two go hand in hand to a point. But we've all seen it. The, you know, some of these guys play so much faster with pads on than others who ran better forty times, and then vice versa. But the Colts don't need a guy that's going to burn up the the rail on on, on these uh, sec on this secondaries. They need the guy that can catch that ball underneath and do something with the ball afterwards. Yeah, no, I certainly agree. Especially when you watch the. Uh... You know, the, the film from last year, uh, you know, before Dontrell Inman got there, uh, they really needed that kind of player. They didn't have any player who could really, con like, catch the ball underneath, a guy who could, uh, you know, be a safety net for Andrew Luck, especially when uh, Jack Doyle went down. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they missed him for a couple games. They didn't have Dontrell Inman yet. There was really a lack of consistency on pass catchers. Uh, guys were not really catching the ball. And, you know, when they were catching it, they were making plays. But, you know, it doesn't make that much a difference if you're not catching the ball. Uh, so that is definitely something the Colts need. I will say, though, when – when I was doing the build of Ballard and I was looking at a lot of uh, players that he's drafted uh, at the receiver position, he likes a lot of speed guys. He likes a lot of projects. Uh, he doesn't really invest high picks in them uh, because I, I feel like he, he trusts the receiver's ability to develop uh, more so than other positions. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll take an edge guy early. He'll take a, an interior offensive lineman early. He'll take those guys early, but I think he, he trusts receiver's ability to develop. And, and that's why I think that we saw he was so high on a guy like Deion Kane last year, yeah. a guy who was, you know, a six round pick guy who fell, he was a high recruit. Uh, and they were so high on him because he came in he showed that he could develop and he showed a lot of things in the camp. So it's going to be really interesting how they decide to address, how do they decide to uh, address that position? Uh, but you know, if he doesn't spend a, an early pick on them, I could definitely see like a mid round pick again, uh, going to that position or maybe even two mid round picks going to that position. Yeah. And it, it, the way that they use Kane, I mean, look, Kane didn't play last year. But the way that they were using him early in uh, practices, early in the season or the preseason, and the way that they were using him uh, a little bit in training camp, you know, they were using him more of that guy running those 15-yard deep ends. And that was where he was really effective, too, because he had that really good, uh, really good change of direction at the top of his route. And we didn't see a ton of him crossing the field. Um, he was more along those guys to finding that zone coming, sitting in it, and then battle for the ball, whether it would be a 50-50 ball occasionally downfield or, or whatever. But he, he was pretty – he's pretty good, I think, at, uh, at doing something with the ball after the catch as well. He just – I just yeah. see that that would be a better complement to what Deion Kane actually brings because I, I just still don't feel like De uh, Dries Fountain is going to be prepared to start next season. Uh, no. Maybe late in the year. Uh, he can, you know, continue to, you know, uh, develop a little bit, but I don't see him being, um, I don't see him being a top three or four receiver on this team next year. Uh, come week one. That's, I mean, that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we look at these, when we look at this group, it, does it, does it really feel to you that they need another number two or do they need that slot guy that can kind of do it all? Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely need both, honestly. They, they do need both. Um, the, I've always kind of been of the mindset going into this uh, offseason here. Uh, I, I really do think that they're going to, you know, T.Y. is going to be the number one guy. He'll always be the number one guy for, for years to come. For and sure. I think that Kane, in, in their opinion, is, is a top four receiver on this team. I think that they have uh, very high hopes for him. I think that, uh, you know, that fourth receiver spot, maybe the third spot even is going to be his spot to lose. And then I think uh, a lot of the guys that we saw last year are going to be competing for that fifth or sixth spot. So you'll see guys like Marcus Johnson, uh, Zach Pascal, 
Chester Rogers, uh, Darius Fountain, they'll all be competing for that fifth and sixth spot. And I think to fill those inner, those uh, middle needs will be one free agent receiver and one draft receiver. That's kind of where I've, I've been with my head this, this whole all season thinking, you know, uh, there are other outside receiver could be like a Tyrell Williams type guy and Adam Humphreys who people keep uh, throwing out there who mm-hmm. I'm not super high on, but you know, Adam Humphreys could be a decent fit out there. Sure. Uh, the guys like that, maybe even a Devonte Parker, you know, if he gets cut, uh, those are the type of guys that they could fill on the outside. And then in the draft, they could go for more of the, the speedy guy, the slot guy, the guy who can separate and get open. Uh, but you know, if they don't get that free agent and they don't, uh, you know, try to get that big splash, they could definitely be going for, you know, a big outside receiver who can win jump balls and win contested passes and a, and a speedy slot guy who can kind of win after the catch and, and catch the ball underneath and kind of get downfield. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, at least, Humphreys would certainly take care of that slot need for yeah. the Colts. I mean, yeah, I'm, sure. oh, is he elite? I don't know. But, I mean, you know, or whatever. But, I mean, he definitely would take care of a need for them there. That would I – man, that would make this draft a lot easier, I think, to where you could maybe take a guy late in the draft as well as, another, you know, and, and try to find yourself a guy in the – maybe just anywhere in the first three – rounds to come in and compete for that top five top six spot Uh, yeah and i and i think that's what they're trying to do i think they want uh they want to at least get someone in free agency that way they don't really feel like receiver is this need that we have to spend a first or second round pick on they they like to have their positions be like okay we don't need to spend a pick on this position we don't have to like pigeonhole ourselves into a position in the first second round that's what good gms do they don't pigeonhole themselves they don't make it so they have to address the need with their picks and I think Bow's going to do a great job of that. I think he's going to bring in at least one free agent, and he's not going to feel pigeonholed to take a receiver. If one falls into his lap that he really likes, he could take one in the first round or the second round. Uh, but if one doesn't, he can wait until day three. Uh, I mean, he's going to he's going to have that flexibility. Uh, he knows what he's doing, and, and I think that's kind of going to be the route that they're going to take. Yeah, he uh, he actually had a, a real good interview on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, what was that, today or yesterday? I don't remember. It was today. It, it, so. Really interesting to kind of hear him kind of go through that i mean we've heard him talk about his his uh you know his mindset when it comes to the draft and all that but i mean it just it just i don't know that it ever gets old to be quite quite honest with him because he just always seems like just a he's just such a a logical guy when it comes to it like ah you know what the hell man we're gonna we're gonna do what we gotta do you know it's pretty pretty (laughs) self-explanatory i i I don't know why i like to hear him say the same things he's said ever since he's been in indianapolis but it's it just doesn't get old it's, like it's nice hearing a transparent uh, GM, a good transparent GM. It's really cool hearing that for sure. I agree. So let's talk about some more of these guys that are a little more uh, well-known, I think, uh, or at least the names that guys have been hearing. And then I want you to give me some guys that uh, that are maybe flying under the radar a little bit that can make some impacts. But we've heard of Nikhil uh, Carey, or Harry, I'm sorry, A.J. Brown. You mentioned him earlier also from Ole Miss. Uh, Debo Samuel, a uh, couple other guys in here. Who are these guys is is kind of that maybe that fourth or fifth outside guy who could come in and just kind of just leapfrog these guys and be the guy next year in the NFL in terms of the rookie standout? Uh, it depends where they fall, I think. I think uh, to me at least, and Kiel Harry, uh, A.J. Brown, and Debo Samuel, I think they're all kind of in that uh, second tier range of receiver uh, going into this draft right behind Metcalf and Harmon. I think they're all kind of competing there. Uh, I would also throw Riley Ridley in there too. I know a lot of people are are big fan of him. Uh, but all these guys, it kind, of, it kind of depends on their landing spot. They're all good players. I think they all could have great careers in the NFL, but I, I also could see uh, them not panning out. You know, like like Harry, when people watch, their, watch his film, there's a lot of reservations on how he can separate, uh, how his route running is, because 
he's a bigger guy, but he doesn't look that athletic. You know, he can win at the catch point, but mm. you know, he's not the six five towering receiver. So it's it's definitely going to be a, a tougher transition for him because his route running and separation is just so big in the NFL nowadays. And uh, you know, people have their questions with that. And then AJ Brown, I actually saw someone compare him the other day to uh, to Jarvis Landry, which you know, at first it doesn't seem like a that big of a slight, but I mean, would you draft a Jarvis Landry type in the first round? Maybe not, you know. So, and I also could see that he's great after the catch. Uh, he makes, you know, really nice, uh, strong catches. But overall, like, is he really this deep threat guy? He might run like four sixes, mm-hmm. you know, just like a Jarvis Landry did. So, right. uh, you, you have to weigh a lot of these guys. Uh, for the Colts, personally, I think Riley Ridley and Debo Samuel would be um, great, great fits for him, just because I think that they are better route runners between the two, and I think that or between the four guys there, and I think that they separate better. So uh, Debo Samuel, Riley Ridley, they should probably both be there by the 34th pick. If Ballard wants to go receiver out there, I think both of those guys would be great fits. That wouldn't be bad at the top of the second. I mean, it wouldn't bother me any, you know, going <laughs> wide receiver. I think I would be a little uh, anxious if they went wide receiver in the first round, just didn't work out the first time, <laughs> you know, most well, recently, it, it, I suppose. There's a bad uh, track record for receivers in the first round. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's been rough recently, so I understand the, the concern, especially with Philip Dorsett not too long ago for the, yeah. for the Colts, yeah. so talk, I get it. Talk about a sour taste that stills on the tongue of a lot of Colts fans, most definitely. <laughs> so, uh, folks, we're going to take a real quick break right here. Um, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk some of the bigger wide receivers, and then we're going to get into more of the slot guys here with Zach Hicks here in just a moment. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks, we are back. Uh, tell me about uh, Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State, Antoine Wesley out of Texas Tech, uh, and Lil Jordan Humphrey at Texas. I mean, it's big, big boys. Not in, not necessarily in the top five, top six uh, group, that that, uh, that top tier of these wide receivers that are going to be outside guys. 
Uh, but tell me about them. What do they offer? What, what kind of, uh, where do they, do they fit in terms of their, their total skill sets? Yeah. So Hakeem Butler is, is a guy who could definitely rise this week. Cause I know a lot of people are, you know, he, he's kind of all over the place. People either have him as like a first round prospect or they have him as like a, a fourth, fifth, sixth round prospect. Cause I think there's a lot of, uh, different opinions on how fast he really is. There's, there's people saying that he's like an Alden Tate type speed guy, like a four seven or a four eight, which is, I, I don't see that on film. Honestly, I, I think he's probably more in that four fives range, maybe low four sixes, but that's fine. He, I mean, he's a, he's a jump ball receiver and, and when you say jump ball receiver, you know, you can say that about a lot of the guys in this class. He's the jump ball receiver in this class. Exactly. Uh, it's just throw it up and get him. Uh, his hands are a little inconsistent, especially when he doesn't have a guy to jump over. Uh, but, he, I mean, he he measured in with the longest wingspan in the history of uh, the combine for receivers. Wow. I think it was 80, 84 inches, I believe. For, I, I don't know, 84, 83. <laughs> That's insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah, he looks like uh, a praying mantis for sure. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, he's a good player. I, I think that if the Colts were to grab him and say the early second round, maybe even the late second round pick, uh, because I, you know, there's just so many receivers in this class. If they could get him with their late second round pick to be that starter outside of uh, T.Y. Hilton, I mean, he'll catch everything. He'll he'll jump over guys. He can even create after the catch, so you can scheme some touches for him that way. I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, Wesley's more of that red zone type guy. He's really not going to run that well. I like when I say not going to run that well. Like I, again, I think four sixes. Uh, maybe a four seven, but probably four sixes. Uh, but yeah, he he doesn't have that much production, but he's got quick feet. Uh, you know, great hands. He can go up and get it over all these guys. And then little Jordan Humphrey. I know a lot of people are not very high on him. Other people, especially Texas guys, they love him. Uh, they think he's one of the best receivers in this class. I, I just don't think he's that great of an athlete, and I think he's uh, very inconsistent. But I think again, that's that you kind of have to weigh that with these jump ball receivers. You know, they're not going to be the fast guys. They're not going to separate. But can they out physical these? NFL corners guys like Hakeem Butler I, I really think can Wesley I'm pretty sure can and and Jordan I just have questions of because I, I don't know how much of a talent he is but all three of them are jump ball receivers uh for me though Akeem Butler is is the guy of those three for sure yeah and Humphrey carries a little more bulk than the other two about another 20, yeah, he, another 20 pounds so yeah that definitely makes a difference so talk to us about uh, a couple of these guys in here that are they're flying under the radar a little bit if we haven't already spoken about them that uh that you feel like could really make an impact in the next level oh yeah uh emmanuel hall out of missouri uh definitely keep an eye on that guy he is really quick really fast uh his change of direction speed is insane uh honestly in my opinion i think he's probably gonna run the best three cone uh and he's like a 6-2 receiver and i think he's gonna run the best three cone i mean he's he's insane athlete uh he, he missed the senior bowl uh last second because of an injury uh, but man, he he he's a really good player, and I, I don't think enough people are talking about him in this class. Mm-hmm. He's gonna wow some people at the at the combine here. And then just looking at my notes here, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of like Andy Isabella. I know a lot of people love him. Uh, he's a really quick, shifty slot guy. Uh, Keelan Doss was a guy who I loved down at the Senior Bowl, a small guy from UC Davis, uh, but or not small guy, but you know from a small school, UC Davis, six two guy, catches everything, runs really crisp routes, and he looked like a great athlete down there at uh, the Senior Bowl. And then, you know, while talking about the Senior Bowl, Terry McLaurin, I mean, he's getting a lot of love, and he definitely deserves it. Great route runner, uh, very smooth, easy speed. Ran a 4-3-something, I think, at the Ohio State's uh, pro day or combine, their combine thing they had before the season. He ran the 4-3s, and, you know, Ohio State's pretty accurate about that stuff. So uh, Terry McLaurin's going to be a fast guy, catches a lot of balls. And I and when I did my build to Ballard, he was, like, the number one guy who I – pegged to the Colts because of his special team ability 
his leadership, along with all these other factors. Uh, so those are some guys that I think the Colts could be interested, especially McLaurin and Hall. I think those are two guys that, that Ballard's going to fall in love with. Uh, tell me about the the kid from Stanford, uh, uh, Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, I, I'm actually not a big fan of uh, Jay Jaw. Is what his nickname is, JJ AW Jay Jaw. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, you know, I there, he came in at six two today, and he plays like he's six five. He looks like he's six five. Uh, and his big trade again is it's the jump balls. It's it's winning guys. It's winning uh, routes by uh, you know out battling corners. And I don't know if a six two guy who's who's pretty slow is really going to be that type of guy in the NFL. So I'm not a huge fan of his. Uh, I don't think he's really that great a route runner or that great a separator. I mean, he's got great hands. He goes up there and competes for every pass. But a slower guy that's only 6'2 and doesn't really separate, that, that's just hard for me to to kind of get behind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that isn't easy. But there's also a lot of slot guys in this group. You mentioned uh, Isabella and, and a couple others. But, you know, Marquise Brown is a guy that gets a lot of talk. Um, what about Renfro, or Renfro um, yeah. maybe even the kid out of Wake Forest, uh, uh, Dorch, some of these guys, you know, they're, uh, they're up and down. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, uh, crazy how, how different people have their rankings and, and there's even some taller slot guys. Uh, Dylan Mitchell out of Oregon was a super productive receiver this last year. Great, great athleticism, uh, great change of direction catches almost everything and and he uh is great after the catch as well and then jacoby myers out of nc state uh looked great down at the senior bowl um was uh beating our boy Monty O on a couple routes <laughs> we're not gonna say his name again uh, but you know jacoby jacoby myers is great too so those are two of the bigger slot guys but you know going to the shorter guys uh, paris campbell is, is a speedy guy hollywood brown's a speedy guy even though he came in at 166 today which was uh, a little slight uh you know even though uh oklahoma listed him at 166 all year, I mean that that's that's just small, man. That that's really small for the NFL game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, those are both some speedsters there. And then Andy Isabella, uh, you know, people have talked about it all year. He beat Denzel Ward in the hundred meter uh, dash or whatever in high school. Wow. And wow. Denzel Ward ran, I think, a 4.34 last year. So how fast is Andy Isabella going to run? We'll see. Uh, you know, this week, but uh, a lot of really intriguing slot guys for sure. That I mean, there's a little bit of that okay, everybody gets that, that perfect slot guy, you know, and people want to talk about wh- whoever, you know, the, the, the ultimate slot guy for Andrew Luck in this. But, you know, you, I think a lot of them, for that matter, said that about Renfro too, but not, none with Isabella's speed as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Isabella's speed is insane. Uh, he, he might be the fastest receiver, uh, you know, in this combine here. Uh, him – uh, Emmanuel Hall might might compete, and Paris Campbell will probably be up there as well. But those those are probably the three fastest receivers, especially with Hollywood Brown not running. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are gonna be the three fastest guys we'll probably see this week. So where do we get where do we get the small school talent at out of this group? Uh, Keelan Doss, who I already mentioned, uh, you know from UC Davis FCS mm-hmm. school, uh, he he's really talented. He might be one of the top you know fifteen or so receivers taken in this class, and he's gonna be a good talent in the NFL. Uh, not as small, but Fresno State uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Excellent route runner. I mean, excellent route runner. He's like a Sterling, uh, Sterling Shepard type guy. You know, he's going to run great routes. He's going to catch balls over the middle. Uh, he could be a perfect slot guy for the Colts too because he's going to be able to separate. And then uh, a very under-the-radar guy with Jazz Ferguson. I believe he was a uh, LSU recruit or one of the SEC schools. Someone uh, listening will probably correct me on that there. But Jazz Ferguson uh, went to – oh, man, it was like really small school, like northern Iowa, north northwestern – state or something like that really small school guy though like six four, two thirty, 230 
and reportedly is running in the four threes in his workouts. So wow. if he comes out and runs, uh, you know, four threes or low four fours in his workouts this week at six four two twenty, uh, he's going to be flying up boards because that that's absolutely insane. That is insane. <laughs> I mean, that's wicked fast. I mean, I'm not from Boston, but that is wicked fast. <laughs> no two ways about it. So the the Colts need a, like you, as you mentioned, they need both probably a slot guy. They need a, a a guy that they can at least kind of develop into that number two role. Is there any chance at all that they try to find, uh, or not that they try to find, but they that they go after a guy similar to, and I and I'm not saying as in a comp, but in terms of a, a, a fast guy that they could see putting on the outside who could also be somewhere in the same stature wise as T.Y. Hilton. Is that even a possibility in your eyes? Yeah, I think it's a possibility. Maybe not that small, uh, just because uh, from a blocking perspective, it's definitely going to be putting you at a disadvantage, especially running sweeps and stuff like that to those sides, For sure. uh, which the Colts run a lot of. They like getting their receivers out there blocking. Indian was a great blocker last year. Zach Pascal was actually an excellent blocker last year he was he was mowing guys down just like he was an offensive lineman uh so they like the receivers to block a little bit uh but you know i wouldn't rule it out i mean they uh ballard likes his speed and speed opens up a lot you know if you can get say say andy isabella is their draft pick and they put him on the outside which you know he probably wouldn't be on the outside but let's just say they put him on the outside across from ty if you have isabella clearing out routes with say four three speed uh, that could open up Hilton to run more underneath routes, Jack Doyle catching more underneath passes, Eric Ebron getting more, uh, you know, shallow crosses, inside posts, uh, you know, 10, 15-yard ends. It just opens a lot of your offense up. Uh, so getting another speed guy, another smaller guy on the outside even, uh, I think it just opens up your game a lot more. Let me ask you this, because this is something that I don't think the Colts were really all that good at this year. Uh, who Was there a guy that stood out to you that may have been the best at some of the bubbles or the tunnel screens or anything like that in terms of after the catch? Yeah, and kill Harry, uh, and kill Harry, uh, man, he he is he's really good after the catch, especially for a guy. I think he came in at six three or six four today. Hmm. You know, for a guy with his size, uh, he's very elusive after the catch. And I think uh, you know throwing him bubbles and throwing him some screens, I think he can really create after it. You know, if you, if you give him those scheme touches like Chester Rogers was kind of given last year, I know a lot of Chester Rogers had uh, scheme touches last year. Mm-hmm. Give those to a guy like and kill Harry, he's going to get even more yards. And then another guy, uh, Paris Paris Campbell out of. Ohio State get him he's not the most finished product uh but you know he's gonna be blazing he's gonna run four three something maybe even four twos uh if you get him those scheme touches I mean he can get in the open field he'll be electric okay so no forgive me if you've already talked about this but I mean I don't at least I didn't intend to ask it if I did who's the guy that's most overrated in this class (sighs) overrated's tough because I I like a lot of these uh receivers I mean probably uh Jay Jaw and uh, A.J. Brown, I would say, are my two most overrated. But, you know, I, I think in the right NFL system, they could definitely succeed. They're both talented receivers. Uh, you know, they, if they go to an offense where they're not relied on to be the number one guy, I think they could both be pretty solid players. But uh, I've, I've seen some first-round talk for these two guys, and I just don't – I don't really see it. Maybe Brown more so than uh, Arcadia Whiteside. But, um, yeah, I definitely – I'm not as high on those two as a lot of other people are. Is there a guy in this group that is probably getting a little bit more pub even than they should that you just don't even think is a is a maybe even a viable NFL receiver? That's tough. Is it that? I mean, <laughs> would it even be that drastic? I mean, it, I guess is what I'm saying because this group is such a an odd collection of receivers, in my opinion. Where yeah, there's I mean, a lot it, of talent, but I mean, it's hard. It's hard because you don't hear you don't hear one name being that next great receiver. Yeah, I mean, besides maybe uh, Metcalf, you don't really hear like 
the elite receiver, you know, and, and Metcalf could be that because he has all the traits, but um, yeah, it, it's just a really solid group. You know, you, it's a really deep group. Uh, I wouldn't even say any of the guys that are projected to go, you know, day one, day two, or, are really like Jags, you know, so to speak, you know, just, mm-hmm. just a guy. Like, I don't really see that. Uh, maybe that one dude who was down at, uh, down at the senior bowl, the Louisville receiver, <laughs> I think it was Jalen Smith or whatever his name was, mm-hmm. had, had no business being down there. But so I, I guess maybe him, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I like this receiver class, you know, I, I guess him because he wouldn't be in my top like 40 receivers in this class. So I don't know how he got that senior bowl invite, but you know, it's a really good class. You're going to find talent. If Ballard, you know, devotes a draft pick or two to a guy in this class at receiver, he's going to come away with a good player. Still got an opportunity to find some undrafted guys, you think, out of this group? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's going to be some undrafted guys. Uh, there'll be some some talented players who go undrafted. And I, I don't know off the list of guys I said today, uh, but there'll be some talented guys who go undrafted. Maybe even like a Cody Thompson type guy uh, who two years ago had the most uh, yards per catch in college football from Toledo. Had a rough year this last year, like didn't really put up the numbers that he always puts up. And he's not really the greatest athlete, but great route runner, great, great catching, uh, special teams type guy too. He could be a, an undrafted free agent potentially in his class, and he could, uh, you know, really make waves in the NFL. So it, it's just a deep class. You know, like I said, I think I could see 30 to 35 guys like making rosters from this class. You know, it probably won't be that high, but, you know, if you throw out 30 to 35 of these names, I could definitely see them making rosters at least. That's interesting. Um, so we got Riley Ridley, Debo Samuel, and Andy Isabella, three guys that you said you think could best be fit or would best fit with the Colts. Give me one more. Yeah, I mean, uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, I want to keep talking about him because I-, I mocked him to the Colts my late second round pick in my first uh, mock draft of the year. And a lot of people said that was too high for him. And, you know, just turn on the tape. See – Watch, uh, you know, watch a full game. Uh, you know, he doesn't get all the targets that you would expect, especially in a high-powered offense like that. Mm-hmm. But he's got easy speed. Uh, his route running is great. Changes direction. He breaks down his hips really well. And he just dominated all the competition at the Senior Bowl. Like, going into the week, Debo Samuel was the guy, and the rest of the receivers were were pretty no names, and McLaurin was kind of this special teams guy. Uh, but McLaurin went down there, and he just dominated guys. I mean, he was – Outside of Debo, he was the best receiver down there, and I think he's going to turn some heads this week at the Combine. He's going to interview great, and I think that, uh, you know, come draft time, he could be a late second, early third round pick for sure. Interesting. So you think that the Colts actually re-signed Chester? <sighs> Maybe. It depends. I think, uh, you know, I think all their priority free agent, like their uh, restricted free agent guys, I think they could bring back to compete for that fifth, sixth role, but it just depends. It depends uh, how a lot of this offseason goes here, but I do think uh, – at the very least, uh, Pascal, uh, Fountain, and Johnson will be competing for those last two spots. Mm-hmm. See, I actually don't think that they bring him back. That's just, I'm just personal opinion. I don't think that they could. I don't think it'd be a big deal if they did. You know, or, yeah. or uh, I, not that I would like necessarily vote against it. If I mean, for a total stupid comment, but that that's just my opinion. I just don't think that they will for some reason. Uh, when you've got Deion Kane, like you said, they like Marcus Johnson. Frank Reich likes Marcus Johnson. And they've got a guy that can kind of fill in there um, with what they want in terms of finding that extra possession guy in Dontrell Inman if they chose to re-sign somebody. Yes, he's older, but he, he definitely fills that void, in my opinion, more so than Chester Rogers fills a void for the offense in terms of what they're trying to do. Um, but Chester is liked within the organization as well. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say – I'd go against him. I'm just saying that I, I just feel like they won't. I mean, they've got Ishmael, yeah. they've got Hogan, 
they've got some other guys in there that can fill that. You're looking to free agency. You're looking to the draft. I, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I just kind of feel like he might be the odd man out. Yeah, and I can see that. I mean, they definitely like him. And I will say one thing going in his favor is as the season progressed, he got better on his uh, special teams play. Mm -hmm. And even as a receiver, he got more consistent when he wasn't really relied on to be like the number two guy or the number three guy even. When he was more of like the number five guy even or the number four guy, uh, he definitely got better uh, Mm -hmm. later in the year. Uh, So that could definitely play in his favor. And I think that might lead to them at least bringing him back to compete for that fifth or sixth role. But, you know, if they let him go, it's not that huge a deal. They'll, They'll find someone who can play that role, who can be that, that punt returner, kick returner type guy who can be their fifth or sixth receiver that can get some snaps in there. It's not a huge role to replace, uh, but, you know, he's going to have a competition, I think. And I think, you know, wherever he goes, he's going to be competing for a roster spot. Uh, But, yeah, he's he's not like an essential role player that they can't lose. He's a good player, but he's not, you know, that essential. Where I think Inman is more essential, but I think kind of their plan with him is they're seeing if they could upgrade him in free agency. And if they don't, they'll come back to him and bring him back to, to kind of fill that role that he did, he did last year. I agree. I totally agree. I think this is a really act. I, I say this and then I'm going to go ahead and contradict myself as soon as I get it out of my mouth, because I want to say that this is such a pivotal season off season for the Colts at the position. But at the same time, you continue to see this, this past year, let's put it this way. This past year, you saw Andrew Luck do similarly to what Peyton Manning used to do in the past, taking virtual no names or guys who just weren't great and turn them into some pretty good receivers. I mean, Pascal did it, you know, Luck did it a little bit in his rookie year, even, you know, with some of those guys that were on the club. But I just, I, I, I guess you, you just can't rely on that every year. You've got to give him some talent. You're going to see Deion Kane come up next year. Hopefully, you know, he has the confidence with that knee and that uh, everything is okay with that but I would love to see them like drastically upgrade the position I truly would I did on one hand I say they don't need a drastic upgrade on the other hand if they've got the opportunity to do it I would love to see it happen I would love to see it be a strength as as opposed to a bunch of role players and TY yeah and I will definitely say a, a name to watch in free agency which a lot of people thrown out there uh, Tyrell, Tyrell Williams makes a lot of sense. You know, yes. he has uh, the San Diego connection uh, or the L.A. connection, I guess is what it is, not mm-hmm. San Diego. <laughs> I guess when Reich was there, it was San Diego. Uh, but, you know, he has that connection there, uh, you know, for the same team. And uh, he does a lot of what they what the Colts like. You know, he's, he's a yeah. high character guy. Mm-hmm. He can go down the field. He can get open and he can open up the game a little bit more for, for a guy like T.Y. Hilton. And he's also a bigger type receiver. So I right. think, you know, they're going to pursue him, I think, in free agency. And if they strike out, they'll, they'll come back to a guy like Inman. So either way, you're going to kind of have that reliance there, and then I think that they will spend a pick in in the draft. Like I know a lot of people are saying Ballard hates receivers and he hates upgrading receivers, and <laughs> and I wish he would do that. It's not that honestly. He, I don't think he values the position as importantly as you know the offensive line or defensive line. So early in the rebuild process, he wasn't really spending high capital. Now, when you have the offensive line, you have the makings of a good defensive line that he still needs to kind of put together. And you have your elite quarterback, you're going to see him start targeting the playmakers, you know, the 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 receivers, the corners, those type of guys. And I think that this roster is really going to take some shape this offseason. Yep, I agree. And, and you know, uh, and to add to your point, Williams has got some of that deep speed, you yeah. know, I mean, and that's that's big, especially when you've got the body type that he's got. And he's got the ability to be on uh, or to run some underneath routes. I think that's it's really a key role to be able to be able to do all of that. 
and not when you look at what Dion and, and I'm high on Dion Dion Kane. I think everybody should be just from what he showed last year before he was injured. Um, having two guys that can do that, it, it, I mean that's uh, that's a, that's real weapons there at, at the wide receiver position for Andrew Luck. I think that's going to make this team considerably better if if something like that were to take shape for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think Tyrell Williams is the. Uh... One of the highest priority free agents, at least for me, when I'm watching uh, some free agent guys getting excited for this offseason, I definitely think Tyrell Williams would be a great fit in this offense. And I think I think just all the signs are kind of pointing to it. You know, high a lot of cap space for the Colts. Uh, he wouldn't really demand like a four- or five-year deal. So he'll be off the books by the time all these rookies are, are due for contracts. And he just he just compliments T.Y. and Luck so well, and I think that he's going to have uh, fast chemistry with those guys. So I, I think a guy like Tyrell will make a lot of sense and then draft a high upside rookie in the draft and – and I think we'll just go from there. You know, you'll have a top four that will be Tyrell Williams, T.Y. Hilton, Deion Kane, and then a high upside rookie. And I think that's a big upgrade from this last season, of course, oh, you know, substantially. I, I absolutely agree. And that would be a fun season to come into as well. I mean, hoping that everybody can stay healthy, obviously. You've got that. And then you see that you've got some developmental guys behind it. And, and then you've got competition on the back end to be that number six guy on the roster as well. So you've got it really about uh, everywhere that you need it in terms of the top top two or three. You've got the talent level. You've got that mid-tier group of guys that are really fighting for playing time and snaps. And then you've got the guys that legitimately are a six receiver, fifth, fifth six receiver on any team that could be battling for that final spot on the roster. And that's fun. That's where it's at. That's when you know the roster is starting to be a little thicker and then you can actually put some, you know, you can actually put a little bit of hope uh, behind that uh, behind that receiver core. So that's going to be fun to watch this yeah. this year. So I'm excited for it, man. Zach, always excellent stuff, my man. Thank you for uh, for schooling us on this wide receiver core. Um, tell everybody where they can catch you on Twitter once again. Yeah, guys, give me a follow uh, on Twitter at Zach Hicks too. Uh, I'm trying to keep the bad takes to a minimum now, so it's more of just my draft bad takes instead of my, my, my lifestyle bad takes. So yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Zach Hicks too. I try to respond to a lot of people. I'm even in a big uh, Colts Twitter group chat, I think with like 50 people. I haven't muted, so it's not the crazy <laughs> comments coming at me, but you know, uh, come on there, interact with me. Yeah, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. You know, whatever. Uh, I love the interaction. I'll talk to you guys whenever. Absolutely. Zach's great at what he does. Thank you guys. Uh, for listening. Make sure you guys are checking these out. We're going to continue to do more of these. We, we enjoy doing these. We love the conversation. And I think that a lot of you guys enjoy this as well, uh, whether you're viewing on YouTube, whether you're listening on the podcast, uh, however you are taking this in. But we enjoy doing it. I think you guys are enjoying checking it out. So uh, we're going to continue to go position by position uh, with Colts needs primarily. We may branch out afterwards and go uh, additional positions, but we want to talk Colts needs initially because, look, uh, the combine is here. I mean, it is literally, you know, on-field workouts start tomorrow. Is that right, Zach? Yeah, it's uh, running backs and offensive linemen are tomorrow morning at 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. Eastern mm -hmm. time. Yes, and then that goes through Sunday. And then, man, it's really a, a, a weird dead period there. And then you get into free agency and then you get the draft. And then, and then we go kind of blank for a while. So we've got a good solid two months here of excellent draft and free agency stuff. Uh, we're going to keep you guys as busy as we can. So make sure you guys are getting a stampede blue for all your Indianapolis Colts needs, news, and analysis. 
check us out here on YouTube. Check us out on the podcast. Leave us a rating and review on uh, iTunes. And Zach, thank you again for joining us, my man. Yeah, anytime, man. Uh, I love coming on. Uh, have a blast talking about the draft with you guys. Absolutely. Guys, check us out. We'll be back on, uh, next week. Probably try to get you guys here either Monday night, uh, maybe Sunday night. I don't know about Sunday night. Probably Monday night. Uh, we'll get you at least another couple of shows next week as well. We'll continue to do this. We're just going to drive it on. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So uh, we'll talk to you guys all next time right here on the Colts. Stampede Blue.